Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone. Oops, sorry about that guys. It's the first time I've done that. Um, Gabriel will edit that out. Hey everyone. T- welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, today I've got a special treat for you. I have one of my favorite, all-time favorite authors here with me to do a reading from his work. Shakir Roshan is a national best-selling author of nearly a dozen novels and more than a dozen anthologies. Known for his provocative, twisted tales, you can check out his upcoming novel, Love, Lust, and Beautiful Liars, where his international weapons dealer, who is looking to retire on top and enjoy his happy ever after. Only two problems, a rival dealer who wants to retire him for good, and a madam who doesn't want to let go of the love of his life quite so easily. He's also developing projects under the pen name P.K. Roshan. You can find out more about him at www.shakirroshan.com. You will have this link posted, but for those of you who can't be bothered to go to the notes, it's S-H-A-K-I-R-R-A-S-H-A-A-N, shakirroshan.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, love. My pleasure. What are you going to read for us today? Um, this one is actually from one of my uh, erotic romance uh, tales called Unthinkable. It's actually a poly relationship uh, between, uh, it's actually a poly, it's a polygynous uh, relationship, one man, two women. Um, this particular one is actually a piece from the early part of the actual uh, novel where she just met him in this particular instance and was literally trying to uh, sort out her feelings for him in the midst of the fact that her body and mind are literally at war with each other uh, at this particular point. Unthinkable is actually my um, it's actually a piece that I wrote from from the entertainment industry. Uh, He actually was part of one of the recording companies that she happened to be uh, getting signed uh, for as a recording artist. So that's where a lot of that comes from at this point. Uh, this particular piece that I found is literally her being at home after having uh, a heavy flirt session with him, even though she had no intentions of flirting with him. And now she can't figure out why she can't get him off her mind. So that's where we start out at. It had been such a long day that I needed to release and relieve the tension that I had put my body through. The rehearsal, the two hours at the gym to keep my body thick and tight, my hormones in a frenzy state while flirting with Devin, and the final straw 
of the anger going through the bullshit with Troy. A hot bath, a good long soap was needed on levels that I couldn't quite explain. Filling the tub with water, I poured some vanilla scented bath oils in to mix and lather while I slipped out of my clothes to prepare to slide in and indulge my senses. Thoughts of the encounter with this man wouldn't leave me alone. I caressed my skin, imagining my hands were his, sipping over, slipping over my hips, my ass, moving over every inch of my skin until I was that I was ready to make available to him. Lexi, get a grip on yourself. It was harmless. You flirt with men all the time on stage. My mind was convinced, but my body was on a whole other wavelength. The men I chose to flirt with during shows, I barely remembered once I got home. That was one of the first things that Laura schooled us on to make sure that I, we didn't develop any stalkers. But that was hard to do in this social media crazed world that we lived in. Yet, in the span of 15 minutes, this man made sure he was hard for me to forget him. Before my body decided it wanted to go from a slow burn to a raging inferno, I turned off the lights, lit enough candles to give the room a warm glow, and slid my body through the coolness of the bubbles before my skin became intimate with the enveloping warmth of the water below. No matter how soothing the bath was, those vivid images I thought I left at the vanity followed me, and I found my body writhing ever so slowly through the water, trying to find fingers that wouldn't be there tonight. God, what the hell had he done to me? Taking hold of the loofah, I washed my body, sliding it over my legs and arms and across my shoulders and neck. The water dripped down my chest, teasing my nipples before returning to the pool's surface. My mind wandered as I washed arm, my arms and legs over and over again, the steam from the bath sending me into my misty, vanilla-scented world. My skin felt alive again. I felt so sensual, so sexy, watching my caramel-hued skin shine against the radiance of the candlelight. My mind drifted further and further into the fantasy my mind created for me, not caring about the selfish nature of the fantasy itself. I closed my eyes, succumbing to the journey that I was so desperate to begin and the destination that I couldn't wait to get to. Although I was done with my bath, my body wasn't done with me. I turned on the faucet, pulling the plug to let the water drain from the basin at the same time. I was intent on not losing the heat that consumed me. I was mesmerized by the flow of the water from the spout, splashing onto the water below. Within minutes, my sex soon replaced the porcelain being pounded by the water falling from the spout. My mind took me to him, imagining something long, strong, and chocolate drilling into my wanton, succulent lips, taking every instant he had to offer. My hips gyrated and swayed, creating a dance all their own as my, mind, as my eyes fixated on the water. The intensity of the heat returning to my bath much to my delight. My back arched and my hips thrust forward. So acute was the urge to feel my climax that I was willing to whisk, risk submerging my head underwater and the possibility of drowning, if for nothing else than to feel that little death consume my body and show no mercy in giving it what it wanted. I lifted my butt and arched my back so that only my feet touched the floor of the basin and my arms propped against the side of the bathtub. Droplets cascaded like a waterfall while I held the position for those titillating moments. My clit felt hard and erect as I became aware of the warm moistness forming inside. I was desperate for a long, hard fuck, and my mind was made up on who it was I wanted to fuck me as long and hard. I only wished that he could feel how much I wanted it from him. The tips of my fingers found my clit and found and wondered and wandered across it as I submerged my body beneath the water again. 
a desperate urge surged, a desperate ache surged, and the pressure from my fingers only heightened it. The water kept coming, working in tandem with my fingers like a liquid tongue, bringing me closer to the edge of orgasmic bliss. I didn't dare stop the flow, even though the rock and sway of my hips against the rhythm that I created with the water began to splash out of the tub and onto the floor. Faster and faster, my fingers rubbed. Faster and faster, my, plunge, my fingers plunged in and out, giving, me, giving my mind images that I could no longer deny anymore. Tensing as my body near climaxed, I screamed out for him as the orgasmic waves washed over me, taking me to that destination I had longed to go to. I finally turned off the water, still throbbing, and no one to put this fire out. I blushed at how horny I was, that I still needed another wave to crash so that I could go to sleep and dream about those hands of his, taking possession of me in ways that I longed and begged for. By the time I got out of the tub, I finally felt the rush of exhaustion sweep me off my feet, knowing the Sandman would soon come to claim me. For the first time in a long time, I couldn't wait for him to come for me. He was in for one, one hell of a ride tonight. On episode five of Licking Non-Vanilla with special guest, Miss Ava. Have you ever worn panties? Ralph? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> just a... <clears throat> Ralph, go, oh, oh, our, our next topic is... I just love how it got real silent there, Chris. <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> if you knew what it felt well, like. You know, uh... I can't believe I made Ralph Greco speechless. This is a red letter day. I can feel the blush halfway across the country. Where's your blood going? That's a clue. Licking non-vanilla. A sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. With your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Okay, I, I need to catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> now that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God, and it seems like it was a lot of fun to write. Yes, it was. It actually was. It, it, it helped on a lot of fronts because I'm having conversations with different women, of course, outside of my wife, with regard to what that first rush of do I, should I, shouldn't I, that type of thing, it all played out into that particular scene. And you can, you can feel her going through, okay, I'm not supposed to, but then again, I ain't got no choice in the matter because, you know, the, 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 the thing about that particular scene was was that she had just dealt with the, the frustrations of having an ex-boyfriend pop up at her apartment well, right before that particular scene. And she was already so frustrated from having to deal with him and not wanting to deal with him that she just really needed all of that off of her. And it just turned into a perfect mix. Yeah, I mean, it, mm, I'm sure there are plenty of women out there who know that feeling. <laughs> you know, of uh, yeah, I want it, but I shouldn't have it, and I shouldn't want it, and why the hell is it plaguing me like this? And that was supposed to be an innocent flirtation, and it's turned out to be something far more than that. I certainly know what that feels like. I would be, mm-hmm. I would be lying if I denied it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I love one of the things that I love about your writing is that you, you do. Um, 
when you write from a woman's perspective, you do speak to women about this stuff often enough that you do manage to grab um, a really decent woman's voice. And, and I, I know that one of the things that's hardest in writing is writing from the, a perspective of a gender that you're not. Um, that, that's really difficult. I mean, there are lots, you know, obviously writing from what you know is always easiest, but I think when it comes to gender, it can be particularly difficult. Getting getting a, a different gendered voice can be particularly difficult. And it can yeah, also absolutely be... absolutely agree. Yeah. Can, and it can also ruin... I mean, it can, it can make a piece and it can ruin a piece. If you think to yourself, oh my God, I never would whatever, say that, do that. that right. And I've done my best to try and make sure that that was not the case. I mean, you know, not everybody's going to agree. Some some people will literally go, you know, well, she was still too, she was still being a little bit too forward and a little bit too quick about it and, you know, that type of thing. And that's just each woman, that's each woman's personal prism that they're going to look through. And I, I respect that as far as that is. Um, but at the same time, I tried to speak to enough from so many different perspectives and different um different experiences, I guess is the word I'm looking for, so that I could give as much as I could with regard to uh, whether or not this felt genuine. That was all I cared about at the end of the day. Well, and the reality is, yeah, you know, some women wouldn't be succumbing that easily, and other women most definitely would. And so, you know, for someone to say, oh, well, yeah, I know she gave in too easily is, is to suggest that all women would want to play hard to get. Not all women do. You know, pl Agreed. plenty of women... I mean, I, I use myself as an example as easy as I might fight with myself over whether I should be going for that or not going for that or fantasizing about that person or not fantasizing about that person. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be giving in quickly. You know, once I <laughs> once I got over the should I or shouldn't I of the person, my giving in, there's no hard to get with me. I don't play that game. Uh, I was never good at it, right? I, I would play it if I had been good at it, but I was so crappy at it, I never never got the hang of it. <laughs> you know, so, mm -hmm. But I, I, I mean, I certainly still fought with myself as to whether or not an approach is appropriate or sometimes whether or not somebody was interested. That's the other one. It's like, okay, they were... Yeah, that's the other half. Yeah, they're flirting with me and stuff, but they couldn't possibly be interested in. And so my husband makes a big joke out of that because 99% of the time I miss it, it goes right over the head mm -hmm. and I'll be saying something like, Oh my God, he's really hot or she's really hot. And, and I don't think they're interested in me. And he'll be like, are you, well, you really, you know how I realize, and it's not just women that do that. I mean, I, yeah. I'll be the first one to tell you that I'd literally need a blunt force trauma in order to realize that someone <laughs> is really that interested in me at that particular point. I mean, you know, and it's, and it's, it's human nature. We're not, we're, we're, we're predicated that we don't see it for ourselves. Usually it's someone from the outside looking in that's going, wait a minute, don't you see that? And you're looking like literally deer in the headlights. Like, are you sure? And you know, that type of thing. So that's not surprising by any stretch of your imagination, unless the, unless the other person makes it blatantly obvious it's very difficult for me to realize and see and then kind of go from there. I'm funny that way too. I mean, but I can feel the energy. So I, I kind of kick myself and, and I, I, I look at that as a leftover from my younger days where, um, 
I didn't really trust my own instincts, and so I would dismiss stuff. And I, and this is the only part that I think is really still left over. And so, you know, I mean, I, I mean, we had that at the launch where I was like, you know, oh yeah, this person I've been crushing on for ages, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't, I haven't said anything, and I don't know if he's interested. And you know, Morlocky sitting next to me, laughing his fucking ass off. Like, how did you not know? How did you not see that? And I was like, I just didn't see it. I'm really happy about it, but I didn't see it. I completely didn't see it. I missed it. And it, it, I do feel like sometimes that's a leftover from the sort of I can't trust my own instinct or it's frightening to trust my own instinct. So if I pretend it's not happening, you know, maybe if I pretend it's not happening, I don't get caught up in that. You know, cause That's the other half of it, too, because nine times out of ten, you don't want to really put yourself in a position where now you've got to embarrass yourself, so to speak. <laughs> no shit. I've got to admit it. And admitting it is really hard, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, Absolutely. It, but isn't that, for me, isn't that kind of the cool part of that very beginning, which is what I like about this piece, that very beginning part where you're not sure whether to risk it or not yet. Mm-hmm. But, but you're already grabbed in so you don't really have a choice because you, you've really been grabbed by this point and so you, you're going to risk it but you haven't really allowed yourself to realize that that's really going to happen yeah and that's the thing and that I, I had to capture I actually had to capture that woman to woman as well because you know the the as far as de- de- the the actual the actual tri- triad that, that I created in that series in that particular book was uh, Devin, Alexia, and Natalia, and trying to get the trying to get that first that first flirtation between Natalia and Alexia was really hard for me because again I'm out of my depth in that regard, so I'm literally having conversations with, like I said, not only my wife because she's bisexual, but other lesbian friends that we have where they had to go through their beginnings as, you know, woman to woman and having a relationship and that type of thing and trying to capture that where it's, where it feel, where it doesn't feel so pornographic. <laughs> this is the only way to explain it. So, you know, cause I mean, you know how it is with lesbian porn. It's, it's, it's no different than heterosexual porn. It just feels cliche and you try to, you try your best to avoid that as best as humanly possible. And sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't get it right. I want to believe, based upon different reviews and behind-the-scenes conversations with regard to that book, that I, for the most part, got it right. I do think that's difficult. And it does feel different. And and people are often not aware. The flirtation looks different. Um, I think just by virtue, uh, just by virtue that, that, that lots of women go about it differently. I think that's just the way to just the way to say it. So it does feel different, but there is this cliche that is obviously out there of what woman on woman interaction looks like. Um, And, and a lot of times when you read woman on woman interaction, it's the cliche and that's not so much fun. Um, Right. So it's great when you can see it written in a way that actually bears more resemblance to reality. um, And it makes more sense. Um, The other thing that I see a lot is I, um, with particularly with male authors is like a not not understanding how women have sex the ways in which women have sex and it's i mean the thing is is that you know it's not easy to go up to somebody and go hey so you want to tell me how you have sex 
Right. Yeah, that part. <laughs> I mean, you know how I did. Like I said, I've I've been spoiled in my life. I will say that with all every bit of being that I can think of at this point, I've been spoiled in the sense that I've been able to indulge in those uh, in, 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 in that voyeuristic position so that I could kind of have that for its own fictional purposes, I guess is the only way to explain it. So seeing that, being able to feel that energy and be able to capture it without it feeling, like I said, without it feeling like, okay, it's male gaze as opposed to anything else. So yeah, I've, I've been, I've been spoiled in that regard. Yeah, and it shows in your work, <laughs> you know. So it shows that for, as a woman who has sex with other women, it shows in your work. So it's got it's got some reality to it. Whereas it, the, there are times you run into it where it's like, really, I don't think so. You might think it works <laughs> like that, but it don't work like right. that to me, you know. Um, yeah. And again, I mean, as we always say, fantasy is fantasy, and and part of the the fun with fantasy is it's is it's not reality and and you don't expect it to play out exactly like reality does but if it's too fantastical when you don't intend for it to be when you're not clearly saying hey i'm setting this in a fantastical place or i'm Agreed. going to a fantastical place then it doesn't ring true and then it doesn't grab people well enough and so it's it is like even in even in the the work that you do that has a fantasy base to it it's well researched enough with enough reality that it still it still grabs in a real place as well as in the fantasy. So it's great. It's great fun. Absolutely. I mean, you know, everybody wants their everybody wants their version of escapism, and I get that. You know, I do I do try to you know at least employ that as best as I possibly can with regard to uh, what they decide they want to escape from. Um, a lot of my a lot of my catalog is based in a lot of that escapism as far as that is. I mean, I've got. You know, I've got my characters going on, going into various places all throughout the entire, all throughout the entire planet in a lot of instances, just because of the fact that they just need to get away. And it gives the, gives my reader a chance to actually not have to worry about being in their living room all the time. Yeah. And, and there's something about it, particularly with erotica, in my view, there's something about having that change of scene, having that change of culture, just in order to be able to to look at a bit more about what's possible without actually really, you know, I, I think um, and I've been talking with other writers about this, about the idea of trying to expand the idea of what is possible because people get stuck in this really very narrow view of what sensuality looks like, about what sexuality looks like and about what's actually possible. And, and erotica is a great way to expand your possibilities um, and, yes, and expand your outlook. Yeah, so it's it's one of the reasons why I love it so much. So um, we're going to end this bit off now, and then um, he's going to come back for an interview with me. So if you're one of my Patreon folks, then you will have the opportunity, if you're a patron of mine, to hear the interview. Remember that um, while the main podcast is going to be freely available, it is freely available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Patreon, it'll be on both my websites. Um, the extras, like interviews and things like that, are going to be um, only available if you become a patron. And the reason for this is because this stuff costs money to make, and so this is what I am hoping to support, is this podcast and the um, radio show that I do, 
um, to make the production costs manageable for me so I can just keep doing it and doing it. So if you want to join and become a patron, it's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. Um, next week, there will be another juicy podcast to come. Again, those of you who've been listening to me know that I have not disclosed my lineup, mostly because I've not decided who's going to be interviewed when. Um, and so what it's turned out is is that more than half the episodes at this point have authors reading their own work because people have been very generous and really excited to come on and read their own work. So definitely you want to tune in for that, and we will speak to you all next week. Have a great one. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.